Welcome to the Live From Rest podcast, episode 12, in which we look at the subject of having a rant at God. I'm Steve Smith, your host and the author of the Live From Rest app. Each week in this podcast, we take time to explore the ancient art of being. We host conversations, short talks and reflections about how we can live from rest in a world full of busyness and distraction. So I am delighted to welcome back my wonderful wife, Lucinda. Hello, Lucinda. Hello. And uh, Lucinda, you're going to share some thoughts, aren't you, that came from a talk you recently gave on the subject of Martha. We're going to consider how we can take our our upsets and concerns to God. Mm, Yes. It's something I've been thinking about for myself and my own life and my own relationship with God. And it also occurred to me that if we want uh, a greater degree of rest in our lives, if we want a greater degree of peace, then the issues that cause us to feel anxious or upset or bothered in some way need to be expressed. Mm. And, um, and often we don't really express them. Often we don't, we don't go to the person who's upset us or offended us. We find that confrontation difficult and so we don't sort it out. And often it just rumbles along, if you like, in our hearts and in our minds and we you know we go over what happened and we think I should have said this and why didn't I say that and we feel upset again at the way we've been treated or the way we were hurt or or the way maybe we treated somebody and these things don't facilitate peace mm-hmm. and rest and I was thinking about myself and thinking how good am I at expressing these things to God or do I just sort of keep them to myself, really? Mm. Sometimes thinking that I'm telling God, but I'm not actually telling him. I'm just muttering and mumbling and grumbling and complaining without actually talking to him. Sure. And I've been looking at Martha, the story of Martha, um, not from the traditional sense in that she was a doer and Mary sat quietly at Jesus' feet while Martha got distracted with many things. I wasn't looking at that. I was interested in in the relationship she had with Jesus, really, because when, when, the, when the sisters realise that Jesus isn't going to come after Lazarus has become very ill and they send a word to Jesus to, to come quickly mm-hmm. because they know that he can heal him and then he doesn't come, you know, for quite a while, a couple of days, Finally, he arrives and and their dear brother has died. And Martha just blurts out to Jesus, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Mm. And I often think, how did she say that? And what what was behind all those words? You know, was it a statement? Was she just saying, well, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died? Fact, potentially. Or... You know, was it sort of a bit mean and a bit vindictive? Or, which I think this is possibly the truth, 
Is she just very, very disappointed, feeling betrayed, perhaps? You know, the three siblings were Jesus's very good friends and he'd spent a lot of time in their home. They knew each other well. And she, I imagine she would have been feeling really, really let down, really... Where was he? You know, where was he? He was our friend. Because she would have known that he could have been there much sooner, given the amount of time that he had had. Exactly. And I sort of think of all the emotions and thoughts swirling around her head when he chose not to come immediately to Bethany. You know, the two women, her and Mary, would now be left with no male protection, potentially rendering them pretty vulnerable in that culture. She'd heard about all the wonder, wonderful, uh, miraculous healings that he had been doing. She may even have witnessed some of them. She knew that he loved them, and yet Lazarus had died with no apparent effort on Jesus' behalf to turn this awful situation around. Mm. And I think she would have felt really, really disappointed, really disappointed. Yeah. She knew he could have arrived early, like you just said, but it seemed that he didn't want to. And I sort of think... You know, we're often in situations like that where something happens and we we say, well, one and one equals two. You know, if God had wanted this, then this would have been the outcome. If that had happened before that, then that wouldn't have happened. If such and such and such and such, then this would have turned out differently. But actually, um, we don't have the full picture. We never have the full picture. Mm-hmm. We only see things from our own very narrow point of view. I don't know if you remember, well, you will remember, Steve, when we moved from number seven Wilson Avenue. We were living in number seven Wilson Avenue. We were renting this house. In Brighton. We, yeah, in Brighton. We were happily settled. We were in it for the long haul. And then one day we got an email from the landlord saying, please, could you move out within the month? And And it really threw us into a spin because we thought, well, why? We've, you know, we agreed with him this mm. was going to be a long-term agreement. And it was, why? What's the, why? Started thinking, oh my goodness, where are we going to live? Where are we going to find, which is as nice as this house and this area with the park next door and the church up the road and all of that. And then the landlord um, contacted us and said, oh, I'm buying number nine next door. You can move in there if you want. Mm. And I remember thinking... But Lord, why? Why do we have to pack up this whole house and move next door? It just doesn't make any sense. What What are you saying? What What are you going on? Uh, why is this going on? And I remember saying to my daughter, I just don't understand what God's doing. And she said to me, but mum, this might not be about you. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's about you? Maybe he needs, you know, those new tenants to live here because you know, you're going to influence them or maybe there's other stuff going on. And it really made me think. I thought, yeah, actually, why do we always think it's about us? And it seems that Martha had a really sweet and authentic relationship with Jesus. You know, her heart, her grieving heart is able to express her disappointment and perhaps her anger. Mm. Lord, if only you had been here, if you had been here, then Lazarus would not have died. She didn't pretend that things were okay. She didn't wear a mask. She didn't withdraw. She had a no holding back response. Um, And I don't know about, you know, you, 
some of you listeners what your response is to situations that you just can't fathom, that you just can't work out as far as God's concerned. I know mine, I think, is to withdraw. Mm. I, I, I just don't bother to talk to him. I, I mean, it's not that I stop worshipping or stop reading my Bible, but I just don't talk to him about the situation. When was the last time that you poured out your complaint in total honesty to Jesus? When did you last, you know, go on a long drive and just absolutely tell him how it is? Just blurt out to him, well, Lord, why didn't you come? Why couldn't you have just left what you were doing and come? You love us. You know how much Lazarus means to us. You know now what's going to happen two women on their own why why didn't you come why were you so busy what were you doing and you know god this makes me really feel like you don't care about me this makes me feel like perhaps you don't love me as much as i thought you did and we can talk like that to him it's absolutely okay to talk to god like that and revealing our deepest need does not take away from from his love for us it doesn't remove any love from him towards us. But I think it actually is an indication of intimacy. Um, when we know that we are so loved, there is space there for the whole of who we are, not just the nice, kind parts, but the selfish, irritated, annoyed parts. You know, the times when we say, well, Lord, why did she say that to me? That was just so unfair. She knew that I'd done this and this, so why did she go and say that to me? You know, we, we, we can say that to God. Um, I guess I guess actually expressing these things to God actually places us to, to hear back from him. Yeah, absolutely. In absolutely. a way that we wouldn't hear back from him were we just to internalise our frustrations, our upset. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, considering Martha, that's what she did when, that, that most, perhaps the famous passage that we, when, when Martha and Mary and uh, are discussed most often everyone thinks about the story where Jesus comes and and Mary sits at his feet and Martha's frustrated because she's busy getting getting the supper ready um but again we actually just see her being honest with Jesus don't we she yeah. actually expresses yes. her frustration yes yeah, she says don't you care that my sister's left me to serve yeah tell her to help me that's you know that's that's a no holding back again isn't it sure and we can we can say that to God. Why am I doing this again? I'm on the coffee rotor again. You know, Lord, this just makes me feel used. This makes me feel, you know, whatever it makes me feel, it's okay to share that with God. Mm -hmm. And the love of God is so wide and so deep and so broad that it can shoulder the whole of who we really are, the broken alongside the healed, the pain and the joy, the hope and the hopelessness of who we are. Listen, listen to this biblical character's complaint. This is from the message. So he's talking to God about somebody. Give him a short life and give his job to somebody else. Make orphans of his children. Dress his wife in widow's weeds. Turn his children into begging street urchins, evicted from their homes, homeless. May the bank foreclose and wipe him out and strangers like vultures pick him clean. May there be no one around to help him out, no one willing to give his orphans a break. You know, is that in the Bible? Mm, sounds like someone who doesn't really know the ways of God. You know, is that in the Bible, speaking like that to God, 
such brutal words, such cruel thoughts towards another human being. Who would say such a thing? But it is in the Bible and it's in Psalm 108 verse 8, spoken by King David. He's being honest. He feels aggrieved, deeply upset at being so badly treated. He wants revenge. Have you never felt like that? I have. I have. But I didn't tell God. I just muttered and murmured and boiled and raged as if he who sees everything didn't see my distress. But I think this was this was in the days when I didn't really believe that God's love for me was 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 unconditional. I sort of felt that I had to, I guess, live in such a way that was acceptable to him, present myself to him in a way that was okay. You know, there were mm. bits about me that I didn't want him to see. Yeah, how about you? How, how about you, you who are listening? What are you hiding? What are you hiding? I, I ha- held a lot of offence for many, many years. Yeah. Max Lucado, the author, says that the grave unearths our view of God. And he's, he's absolutely right. You know, how often have we heard, God, if you existed, my child wouldn't have died. If you had answered my prayers, my life wouldn't be empty. If you cared, my mother wouldn't have developed cancer. And a confrontation with tragedy or crisis actually exposes the foundations on which our lives are really built. And um, in those difficult times, our belief system is brutally forced out into the light from the shadows of daily life. And we, we are often guilty of demanding to know why God doesn't do things the way we want it done, when we want it done. But from experience, we don't often get an answer to the what and the why and the where questions that we ask of God. And yet we ask them. And it's okay to ask them. I really believe it's absolutely okay to ask them. Mm. But having asked them, I think we need to to also lay lay it down, hear him, like you've said, Steve, and also do what we need to do. And then what we can't deal with, changing another person, for example, we have to leave that with him. And uh, I think in the laying down, there can come a peace and a rest that doesn't come when we try and sort these things out ourselves i suppose yeah i think we there are you know you've mentioned david in in that particular psalm and there are i think many other psalms where david expresses his frustration his grief his his upset and how his tears how he's crying all all night long how he can feel every bone in his body and but that then sets him up to to then praise God to 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 actually choose to say yet will mm. I praise you, mm. and um, and that's also the case with Habakkuk, and um, we we've put another we've put a a new meditation on on the live from rest rest app, and I think it's a, a very useful prayer, the prayer of Habakkuk ha- Habakkuk, just questioning the fairness of God, wondering why the evil prosper. Um, and and he has his, there's this long complaint. But despite that, ha- having expressed himself, having had his rant at God, he then comes to the place where he says, but yet I will praise you. And I guess that's 
one of the great advantages, one, one of the great benefits of, of having a rant is that it then puts us in a place where we can then say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And I'll just quote, let me just quote from Habakkuk and it's Habakkuk chapter three. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, though the produce of the olive, olive tree fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Mm, yeah. And I just had this feeling that, that, that we would all do well just to be honest with God, to express our frustrations, uh, our challenges, our hurt, our pain, and, and then to, and then to move on to, to praising God, to being grateful rather than suppressing, rather than pushing things down and 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 then trying to do it out of a place of sort of false false piety if, if that's the right way of putting it yeah i think i think when we're really brutally honest with god somehow in this in the speaking out to him i think especially if you do it aloud mm-hmm. it, it kind of i don't know it can help you just get it into perspective somehow when yeah. i did it when i did this recently um i ended up really repenting myself you know, of of some of my own attitudes and, and um, things that I had said to somebody else, and I, and I felt a lot better afterwards. Mm. And I, but I, if I hadn't had that time pouring out my complaint to God, then I don't think I would have been led to that place of repentance and then on to that place of peace and rest. So there is somehow, I think, when you hear yourself saying the words aloud it kind of think you think oh gosh hmm. but you know i'm not so good myself yeah yeah well, that's a good encouragement actually um this the the discipline of, of praying out loud is a good encouragement i remember somebody encouraging me to pray out loud a long time ago and that does bring another dimension to praying doesn't it on your own you mean yeah when you're mm. praying alone mm. to actually, actually vocalize your your prayers yeah well, I think um, that's good enough for now. Thank you so much, Lucinda, for joining us again. Pleasure. And we will have you again very soon, I hope. So thank you all for um, joining us on this podcast. We do hope you're enjoying this. We're very grateful for those of you that have got in touch with us. And um, if you are enjoying these podcasts as well as our app, we really encourage you to, to share use social media um, use email let other people know about us if you would review or rate us we would appreciate that very much as well do download our app live from rest available from google play and the apple app store and find meditation rooted in the way of jesus so thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to joining you again next week bye for now bye